1: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.
2: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. You should play along with us and download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app presented by WebEx to fill out your brackets. Today is your last day to fill out your men's brackets. Free and easy. Those are two great things. Key, you know...
3: You ask a good question, coming we mm. you
2: know we laugh and ha ha, but Jay set his coach
3: up. Why did you try to fight your coach? First off, first off, you know Key is always doing some kind of mischievous kind of stuff when his voice goes. He like literally, people, during the break, everybody else will be talking. he'd be like, "Hey, Jay. <laughs>
0: well,
4: hey, yeah, Jay I'm like, "Oh,
3: your voice changed." And I'm typically like, "What's up?" He's like, "You have hardwood floors?"
4: What does that have to do with you attacking your coach, though?
3: (laughs) Because you like to make stuff up. No, no, no. no. You like to build things more than what they are. That's how you're built.
4: That is so false. Do the voice for me. That is so false that you would send that out there when, in fact. Say it. Did you not say that you were so angry you started pounding your fist into your hand? Did you not say that? Yes, I had a
3: Will Ferrell old school moment where I reflected Two minutes later and am like, what the hell just happened?
4: Okay, so what let me ask you I this do? question. But I didn't
3: try to fight Coach K.
4: Okay, did you not want to kick his ass?
3: Oh, I wanted to. Okay, so that's but, what but, Max. But is wanting saying. to do something and trying to fight somebody, it's not the same thing. Let's so ask. you yep. aggressively striking Agre- your hey, hand. please don't please refrain from using words aggressively associated with Adjective. a black man right Okay, right strike after me. that. It make me feel strike that Thank you, you Using like your fist, way. balled up That's still, like, curious, into the palm of your
2: hand. Like well, we can ask Carly. Yeah, okay, let's, ask, like Carly Lloyd, let's ask Carly Lloyd, two-time Olympics gold medalist. I don't want to put Carly two-time in Two-time World Cup champion joins us. Well, no, no, let's ask Carly. Carly, good morning. Why do you think that Jay wanted to fight Coach K? Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think every athlete wants to fight their coach at some point, right?
2: Did you ever feel like that a love-hate way? love-hate relationship sometimes. Did you yeah. ever feel that way? Did I? Yeah. Have you ever felt that angry at a coach?
0: Uh yeah, but not you know. I wouldn't take it as far as fighting. I not just, as far uh, as Jay. Do
3: my business on the field. Carly, you from Jersey. Don't don't sleep on it. We know what time it is. <laughs> <laughs> we know what time it is. That is
0: true.
4: Well, we we you say you didn't seriously want to fight your coach, but how serious did you want to? How, how serious do you want to try and kick an NFL field goal?
0: I mean, options are always open. Got to get this kicking leg going. Start practicing.
4: Would you? Would you? If if, if a team reached out to you, would you look, seriously consider trying out?
0: Yeah, I think if the circumstances were, you know, win-win for both both parties, uh, potentially. Yeah, definitely not ruling it
3: out. So, Carly, uh, you know, being from Jersey, are you a Giants fan? Are you a Jets fan? I am curious if this were to come to fruition, if you were to get that call, like who would that call need to come from in order for you to be like, you know what? Okay, the the money's great, but like the opportunity just seems like it's right because I like you. What team would that be?
0: <laughs> well, I'm an Eagles fan, so I've been an oh. Eagles fan since uh, since I was a little girl. Closer to Philly. Jersey's Same kind Jersey. of divided into several parts, so <sighs> on, when golly. you meet when you meet a Jersey person, it's, it's always what exit are you from, and then you know what sports team do you root for. So for me, it's always been uh, the Philadelphia teams.
2: So you know, <laughs> a we'll Pox see, on, on your house, happen? Carly Lloyd.
3: And our, produ- <laughs> our one of our producers, is from Philly, and I always say, "Well, South Jersey," but he's like, "No,
4: it's Philly." Uh, they booed Santa Claus. <laughs> How could you be an Eagle fan? What? Well,
3: so, Carly. With that being said, let me let me ask you because I. You know, I've been around Abby Wambach. You know, I I trained out in California with the women's team for a while when I was coming back through physical therapy. And it always felt like in order for them to get attention for what you guys have been able to accomplish, it it blew my mind, right? Because you guys are doing things that are men's team, that just teams in general for World Cup and for soccer don't achieve. You guys are doing incredible things. And I hear about it every single day because my wife is a huge, you know, footy fan. Do you feel like these things these kind of topics need to be created in order for there to be attention on what's actually happening in usa women's soccer?
0: yeah, definitely. i mean our our success along the years of the national team has led to the support we've had. I mean if we were if we were losing we we would never gain this traction. We would never gain the support that we have. so you know, I, I really feel like the wave came in 2011 when uh, we actually lost the World Cup, but we came home and you know every every American treated us as as if we were a hero, like we won. I mean, we were we were devastated, but that wave just kept building, and then 2015 we win in Canada, and things just explode. Um, so you know, I just think over the years we've we've had to win, we've had to prove ourselves there. You know, and then it's kind of still not enough, and then we have to keep going. Um, but absolutely, you know, I think that there's there's a lot of things that bring attention uh, to many different players that it you know, doesn't necessarily have to bring be be about soccer. So um, you know, it's it, it's a, a bigger thing that us as women have to do, whereas majority of men. The NFL is the NFL. NBA is the NBA. Major League Baseball. I mean, these these sports have just been um, huge and have had a huge following for so long, and, and we've just had to do a lot more.
3: Carly, I had you on the boardroom a couple years ago, you, Lindsay Vaughn, and we were talking about just some of the obstacles that women have to face in sports. Can you just enlighten us in the audience about what are some of the things that men don't have to go through that women do in order to actually achieve the recognition for the greatness that they actually display in their sport?
0: Well, for starters, I mean, you know, us women, uh, you know, majority of us want to have families. So whether you're adopting, whether you're, Um, giving birth to uh, a child, you know, that, that comes into play. And and for me um, I I didn't want to have kids while I was playing because I knew I couldn't be the best soccer player. And I also couldn't be the best mom at the same time. Could I have done it? Absolutely. There's been amazing women that have done it throughout the course of, of teams. Um, But that's something that, you know, I, I chose not to because I knew that it would be, you know, it would be hard to come back and, um, and all of that, so that's that's one challenge. um you know another challenge is is just getting the awareness out, you know, having to do a lot of interviews and and p r and you know I think when when opportunities come for all of us, we try to do all of them because we just feel this duty that we have to continue to grow the sport, you know whereas men um they're picking and choosing you know they're they're not doing as much media type stuff as we are, um, the pay disparity, uh, the treatment, you know, it's, it's different. Um, but you know, I, I, must say that, you know, we've, we've all been brave enough to go down this fight of, um, fighting for what we deserve. And, you know, it's, it's no longer just kind of be grateful for what you, what you have. Um, so that's been a really important fight and, um, you know, uh, me being retired, you know, I'm not, I'm not knocking with the men yet. I mean, the men make incredible money, uh, but I can't just sit on my couch and and chill out. You know, I, I have to retire. I, I retired nearly at the age of forty. Um, you know, hopefully have another couple decades, but um, you know, I've got to be smart and and I have to continue to work and continue to find things to do. So that's a that's a big difference.
4: Carly Lloyd, two-time Olympic gold medalist and two-time World Cup champion joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Uh, Carly, you recently said on the uh, Hope Solo Speaks podcast that you hated uh, playing for the team in your final years before you retired last year. What was it? It wasn't fighting the coach, so what was it? Uh,
0: um, I think I've beat this beat this uh dead horse here but uh no I mean you know for me it's we talk about culture right there's a culture uh within every sports team within every business uh company and when you have good culture from the top down and um and all around usually that's where teams are successful. You know, you don't hear hear a team uh, win a championship and, and they say, you know, we all hated one another, we all didn't get along, and we all didn't want to win, uh, but that's why we won. You know, that that, that doesn't happen. There's a reoccurring theme where, it, you know, you're like family, you believe in one another, you have each other's back, you, you are all aiming for the, the same collective goal, and that is to win. And so for me, you know, Of course, yeah, hate's a strong word, but, you know, I kind of hated the the culture and the atmosphere that, you know, I was going into every day, you know, whether you walk down a hallway and you pass by your teammate and that teammate can't even look up, look at you and say hello. For me, there's a problem with the culture. Um, You know, if you're sitting at a table with, with your teammates and, you know, you can't talk to somebody, you know at the end of the day, it comes down to just being a good human being and treating everyone with the same amount of respect that you would like to receive. So it was challenging going in and I did it. I put a smile on my face every single day. I I tried to uh, lead by example and work hard every single day and accept any role that I was given, whether that was coming off the bench, whether that was starting. Um, But my hopes is that, you know, I left speaking about this to the team, to the staff. Um, and my hope now about speaking about this is that, you know, these younger players will uh, take it serious and, and try to continue the culture that, you know, the 91ers and the 99ers and all of them um, instilled within all of us. So that that is my hope.
2: Carly Lloyd, before you go, uh, you are the first female ambassador for TechBall USA. Tell us about TechBall and how people can get involved with it.
0: Yeah, TechBall has been uh, skyrocketing on the rise, which is, is really great to see. I'm, I'm very honored to be the first female ambassador for them. Uh, you know, 2020 was, was obviously a very challenging year for many people. Um, I had knee surgery during that year uh, and I was home for 10 months straight, which was amazing. Um, and I happened to see, uh, you know, Ronaldinho, Messi, um, a lot of these players playing on this table. And I'm like, wow, this looks really cool. I've always been a big, big believer and a big fan in, in soccer tennis, you know, works your touch, works your awareness, works your accuracy with passing and all of those things. So I was really curious about this table it's curved. Um, it, it looks a lot easier than what it is. It's actually really, really hard. Um, all the players, I think, make it look very easy. But uh, I happened to get a table during 2020. I started using it during my recovery. And it just kind of grew into, you know, organic conversations. Um, and here we are now. I mean, it's it's pretty exciting. Their goal uh, of the sport is to become an Olympic sport by la 28. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting more involved and, you know, staying around the game, a little bit of a different game, but it, it's something really fun. I enjoy watching and, uh, it, it's, it's challenging even for me. So, and I think what the, the biggest thing about it is, is it's not a lot of running. So, you know, most people can, can do it. Um, you just got to work on your touch, but yeah, it's been, uh, it's been really exciting and just looking forward to the opportunities that I get to go out and watch.
2: Carly Lloyd, ladies and gentlemen, two-time Olympic gold medalist, two-time World Cup champion. Thanks, Carly. Appreciate you jumping on with us this morning.
3: Thanks, Carly. Congratulations. Yeah, no
0: problem. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Mm -hmm.
2: Play along with us and download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to fill out your brackets. Filling out brackets with ESPN is free and easy. Let's get back to the NBA.
4: Waxing the Lakers, who within the last
5: three games are trailing 61 points. After the first quarter. Wow. The last three games.
3: I know we have to talk about them because it's LeBron James. We shouldn't be talking about them. No, the at right all. At all. Like, it, it. it's starting to feel like a waste of breath. <laughs> I've been trying to tell you guys when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. Believe them.
2: Carl Anthony Towns scored 16 of his 30 points in the fourth quarter to help the Timberwolves beat the Lakers 124 104. Boy, Cat had an off night, huh? 16 of 30. Only 30? That's it? Half of what he did the previous game. So the T-Wolves got their ninth win in their last 10 games. In one particular sequence that went viral, Russell Westbrook airballed a corner three with three minutes and 58 seconds left. Towns then made fun of Westbrook, and this is what Russ had to say about that after the game.
3: I honestly don't pay no mind to it. Maybe the other guys, are, and they, they weren't talking to me. They were talking to individual guys particularly, but the trash talking doesn't bother me none. Nobody over there has done anything <laughs> that in this league that, you know, make me put my eyes up, like, oh, they're talking mess, and then we respond, no. I don't
2: know, like, Russ is laughing at what the guys on the other side have not yet accomplished in his career. But there are some things, Jay, Key, that tip me off as being overly defensive when athletes answer questions. One of the go-tos I've heard is like, you know, I I go, I have a beautiful family and da-da-da, like, yes, we know, of course, great, that's good for you, and everyone is genuinely happy that that's the case. But what we're really talking about here is the field of competition. And when I start hearing athletes go to the other place, I'm like, oh, well, is that like kind of a raising up of the white flag? We're not going to win. I'm not going to win on this that, well, That's why we're asking the questions. When I hear stuff like snickering at what a dude hasn't yet done in his career, but right now they're better than you, I'm like, oh, you're you're reaching that's, for things yeah, that are outside man. the scope of the conversation because you have to. <clears throat> I hate seeing Westbrook in that See,
4: position. You you feel that way about it, though, uh, mm-hmm. Max? Mm-hmm. Me as an athlete that has had to answer that question many times over about games, bad games, missed balls, whatever the case is, or somebody saying something, you laugh at it because it is a joke to you. As a player, like, if you say, well, you're not better than this person and this person did that, well, that's your opinion. That's not my opinion of who I am as a player. So I could see where Russ would laugh it off. It's like, dude ain't even, yeah, I might be struggling this year, and I might be having some bad situations, but if you look at my body of work over the course of my career, they ain't accomplished anything I've accomplished. Rather than go into it so deeply, he just shortened it by snickering and laughing it off. He's not so, wrong about
3: that, Jay. No, he's well, not. Was much more accomplished than those guys. Can I tell you something, Max? So when I, got, when I got hurt and I was trying to come back into the league, uh, somebody very, very close to me who has a prominent position in the NBA suggested I see a sports psychologist. And one of the things that I learned throughout that process there for like a year on and off was that a lot of times as an athlete, we internalize our frustrations. We don't really communicate them. So a lot of times when when fans are hearing us at the podium, it's kind of like the first time we're kind of processing the information in real time. So you're seeing a lot of those habits that come out. And I think for us, almost to a degree, he may have been laughing at but it's almost a, a defense mechanism kicks in. Because in a way, you're telling yourself, well, I'm still this guy because that's how I've achieved the level of success I've been able to accomplish. Like, you have to tell yourself something first, first, and over and over and over again. It's a little bit psychotic when you think about it. But almost in a way, like, he's not, he's a shell of himself right now. And that that's why I said before, like, there is this whole mental side of this for him that I feel bad as an athlete because when he was an OKC, you could put up numbers. It wasn't equating to winning, but people still weren't calling you a loser. Right. Like this didn't really happen until I'm not saying he's, a, he's not a loser at all, but like the public sometimes can frame those type of conversations. When he got to Houston, it got a little bit more real because then all of a sudden they were in the mix for a playoff position and admit something with James. But this is the most pressure and scrutiny he's been under his entire career. When you play with LeBron James – and, and Key, I've heard J.R. Smith talk about this. He's like, yo, this just comes with a different territory every single day, every single part of your game, or everything you say that's being broken down on a national stage. So it's just – It's different.
4: It's just not LeBron James. Exactly. It's it's not – no, I'm saying it's just not him playing with LeBron James. It's him playing in his hometown in city in which he grew up in, and he wanted to play for the Lakers. So the pressure of letting the Laker fan base down certainly has, seems like, it has, kind of gotten the best of him to a degree. Um, That's
2: interesting, Key. You think that he, his because Westbrook's always to me had that kind of personality, as I mentioned earlier in the show. When things aren't going right, he never eases up. He needs to pull harder because he wants it so bad. And so, he still,
4: he still, he hasn't eased up. He's still going to the cup. He didn't shoot the ball that much last night, but he's still out there going 100 miles an hour. But, but should
2: he go 95? In other words, you know what I mean? Like he, is don't this, know,
4: he don't know how to go 95. He doesn't
2: know how. That's what it's almost. Like, it's too I, late, man. I, I got to go tell 95. you, Keith. It, to me, it's like a tragedy. I'll tell you why. The it's too. All he knows is to go 100 to mash the pedal, mm-hmm. and when things are not going right, mash it harder. Right and. We see him now trying so hard, and your point that you made, the reason I jumped in on it was because that's one of the things that kind of pulls at the heartstrings. You see he wants it so bad, maybe too much, that it's backfiring in L.A. where he wants it most of all, and he's being mocked by other players. Key, that's got to be devastating. I don't care what he it, says it, publicly.
4: It, 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 well, he's going to carry a certain um, screen in front of him in the public. He's going to shield his emotions publicly because that's just, you know, as as Jay said, it's a defense mechanism to a degree. And I don't know if you guys remember a couple – several months ago when we were having a similar conversation, and I talked about someone that was working Russ out in the summertime that I had a conversation with, just talked about how he was trying to get him to slow down a little bit in the workouts, but he just – that's just – his. You know, whatever twenty years of doing this, it's hard. Twenty years in, meaning college into the pros, going a hundred miles an hour, it's just all of a sudden you want him to drive like a a, 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 a Pinto and not like a Ferrari, and it's not gonna happen.
3: Yeah, it's not gonna happen. I just, you know, I, I know it's the, the pressure come back playing in L.A. where he's from, but there, there, there is even an added, additional pressure on him, Key when LeBron James, at the age of 37 years old, is dropping multiple 50-point games. Of course. Right? <laughs> in order for them to stay in position for a nine seed. Like, that's what we're talking about right now. We're not talking about his performance being lackluster and then being a four or five seed. We're talking about them potentially missing the playoffs with a Hall of Famer who has not lived up to the expectation even more close.
2: It's, it's tough to watch. I always said... That what Kobe said about the Lakers is it's not playing for the Lakers not for everyone. It requires a certain, and I always assumed it was for Russell Westbrook. And the thing that is heartbreaking to me watching this unfold is it's not. It's not. It just might be. It just might be in a bad situation though, right? I yeah, mean, and just, the team's not well constructed either. Yeah, no it doubt, might
4: just be a bad deal, and because it's a bad
2: deal, it looks really, really bad so to speak we are presented by progressive insurance coming up next which teams will be on upset alert early in the NCAA tournament
1: g shawn J-Will and Max the podcast
5: have you ridden an electric e-bike yet you need to check out electric e-bikes today the number one selling e-bike in America
2: ESPN college basketball analyst, co-host of Bald Men on Campus podcast, the great Jay Billis, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Good morning, Jay. Good morning, gentlemen. How you doing?
2: Good. righty, uh-huh. brought. We use the Jay is being brought to you by Wendy's breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. And uh, speaking of which, which uh, which region will produce the most madness this March? Do you think, Jay?
1: That's a good question. I think I'm looking at it, Max. More from the seed lines. So I think the the weakest number one seed is Baylor, and it's not that they're not really good; they are. But they've, you know, they talk about body of work, and that's what got them a number one seed. But they don't have all the bodies that produce that body of work. They've had injuries, and LJ Cryer is still not 100%. He hasn't played uh, toward the end of the season. Uh, but the 6-11 line is uh, is really good for people looking for upsets. And for those that haven't turned their brackets in yet, one of the things to consider with all these upsets is pick an upset where you think that neither team in that game is going to advance past the second round, that they're going to lose their next game. That way you don't blow up your own bracket. But in the 6-11 upsets, like Michigan is better than Colorado State. The only problem, Devontae Jones, their point guard, is still in concussion protocol, so he, he's not going to play. And, uh, and that, sh- that should be a problem for Michigan, but they can still win that game. South Dakota State over Providence is a fair pick, even though it's a 4-13 game, because South Dakota State can really score and they can really shoot it, and those kind of teams can be really dangerous. Uh, and then Virginia Tech uh, over Texas, I think actually Virginia Tech's a better team as an 11 seed. They're certainly playing better now, and they present some matchup problems for Texas. Um, so I don't know if that necessarily answers your question, um, but I do I do think the the uh, Midwest region. There's going to be some some things that happen there with uh, you know Iowa, Wisconsin, you know Miami uh, against USC. That 7-10 game. Miami's a really difficult matchup for USC because it pulls their big guys away from the lane and makes them guard out on the perimeter. And Miami likes to trap ball screens and force uh, force turnovers. They get about nine steals a game, so that's a potential 10-7 upset uh, in the Midwest.
4: Which of the top seeds, though, should be on upset alert? I know we talked about, you know, 7 and 10 and things, but what are the top seeds who should be on upset alert?
1: Well, you know, I think the, the number one seeds stay away from all those 16-1. If you're thinking that they're going to lose, they may lose in the second round when they play an 8 or a 9 because those are usually major conference big shots that have had ups and downs but are still capable. But all-time key um, one seeds are 143 and one in the uh, in the first round since 1985. The only the only team that slipped on a banana peel was Virginia in 2018 when they lost to UMBC, and even two seeds um, they're 135 and nine since 1985. They hardly ever lose. So the ones and twos, you know, I would stay away from those in the first round. Um, but but I still think Baylor, you know, Baylor when they they play probably North Carolina or Marquette in the second. Well, it's North Carolina or Marquette, but I think it's probably North Carolina because they can rebound a little bit better than Marquette. Uh, and, and Baylor, with those injuries, they would have to play UCLA if the seeds hold in the Sweet 16. Um, you know, Purdue could could get beat by Virginia Tech in the second round. Um, if it's Texas, I think Purdue wins. But but if it's Virginia Tech, uh, Purdue could could have a problem with them. Um, I, 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 I still like Wisconsin as a a potential three seed that could make it through to the elite eight and give Arizona a hard time. Uh, but other than that, um, look, somebody's going to lose. It's just a question of picking these things out. And and usually it's matchup dependent and, and some of the games that that are forward, like even when we know the matchups, if a team has a hot shooting night, um, one of the things is tempo to watch for. That's why I like Loyola Chicago against Ohio State. You know, Loyola Chicago keeps the tempo down. That's in the South region, the 10-7 game. Uh, Loyola Chicago only gives up like six points per game in transition. So you're not going to get easy baskets on them. It's it's probably the equivalent in baseball of having to go against a knuckleball pitcher for nine innings. It's just going to be a a different game for Ohio State.
2: Jay Billis with us, ESPN College Basketball Analyst, obviously. Keyshawn J. Willimax, ESPN Radio. So, Give me, give me one that would give me a, a, a something that would qualify as a Cinderella this year, Jay.
1: Yeah, Max. It depends on what you mean by Cinderella. A lot of the a lot of the double digit seeds this year that are attractive are major conference teams, and I think a lot of us have identified Virginia Tech because Virginia Tech's record doesn't reflect how good that team is. They, they had an odd start to ACC play where they went zero and four and then two and seven, but. They play uh, they play a, a, an amazing style of offense. They run a lot of ball screens and and they shoot behind those. Uh, they've got a bunch of different shooters and guys that can handle and pass. And then they've got two really t- tough matchups. Keve Luma, their center, is really a a stretch a stretch four, and he can play out on the perimeter, knock down a three. He can go into a dribble handoff, keep it, and drive it. And he can face you up. He can take a smaller matchup down in the post. And then they've got a player named Justin Mutz, who's about six eight. He's their best passer. And one of the funny things about Mutz, like, you know, guys like me will say, well, this guy's got triple-double ability. Well, he's got a triple-double. He had a triple-double against Syracuse. Uh, he, th- th- those matchups are going to be really difficult for Texas and then potentially Purdue. So it wouldn't surprise me to see – Virginia Tech uh, make it to the Sweet 16. I don't. I don't think they would beat Kentucky. I think Kentucky presents too many problems if they play well for Virginia Tech. But it, but it wouldn't be a shocker to see Virginia Tech make it as an 11 seed to, to the Elite Eight, where they would probably. My guess is they'd probably have to play UCLA there. Uh, I like UCLA in tournament play because they can play at different speeds and they've got a, a a bunch of different playmakers and they've they've done it before. They did it last year going to the the final four. This is
2: Kate Keyshawn, Jay Will and Max, and that is Jay Billis, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Thanks, Jay. Thank you, gentlemen. Keyshawn, Jay Will and Max, the podcast.
2: We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any
5: Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
2: You can vote every day on Twitter, at Key, and Max, and produce the last segment of the show. What should we talk about? Freddie Freeman to L.A. got 22% of the vote, which was more than another Lakers loss, people. I'm telling you, just getting tired of it. Only got 12%. Vaughn Miller to the Bills. Key and I just chopped that up. Got 31%. Was that the most? Nope. It's what's next for Baker. Squeaking it out. 35% of the vote. So, without further ado, Key, Jay, Diana Russini, ESPN NFL reporter, of course, on ESPN Radio on Baker's tenure in Cleveland. Listen.
1: It's over.
0: That's basically how I'm looking at it in Cleveland. How do you move on from here, right? Like, how do you now say... well, Baker, we actually do like you. You are huh. great. We, we, we do believe in you. And no, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It wasn't handled in the best ways based on, on Baker's people, and, and it seems that Cleveland is ready to, to see what else is out there.
4: Max, Jay, mm. Key, have you ever and, – and, and I'm serious here. Uh, it's okay to let the people in on your personal young lives. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had an interesting – had been interested in someone that kind of, you know, you thought it was going a certain direction, and then they decided they wanted to go do something else, then come back and try to be <laughs> interested in you, and you're like, nah,
2: I'm good. Yes, yeah, so you think 000%. I've always been this handsome? I get more handsome as I get older. I wouldn't always look like this. Yes, I have experienced that, yes. Well, also, is this is, bank is bank what Baker Mayfield's getting ready to go through.
4: <laughs> He's getting ready to go through that mm. with the Cleveland Browns because if they don't land Deshaun Watson – They've got to now figure out how to try and court Baker Mayfield back if they can't have a plan B at the quarterback position.
2: They throw a few bucks Jameis Winston's way. you
4: know. Yeah, but why you want to pay for something just to be paying for it, right? Well, I, you, <laughs> only because it's, you it's what you every, said. If, are you buying
2: it? You got to buy it now? See, to me, I think you try to patch it up with Baker. But, Key, you beat me in the head with this till you convinced me, I think, if it ain't going to work with Baker, you're better off saving a few bucks, getting another quarterback who's more or less the same thing.
4: But it could have worked with Baker. The problem is, is you dropped the ball by how you treated Baker in the process of courting something else. Mm.
3: You see, I, I, um, I think sometimes in business you have to take a slice of humble pie. And, and a I, life. And, I, and a life. And I think at times, look, I, I would have went for Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is a top five quarterback. No question. If it doesn't work, Key, you know what I need to do as Andrew Barry? If I don't feel there's a better option out there, which I don't think there is, head baker, I made a horrible mistake. I mean, I, I went after it. He yeah, wasn't the right thing. I don't, I don't, I, I'm, I'm, my I, feelings un, hurt. I understand that. No, my feelings so are let, hurt. let's talk about how we could get this done and how we could repair your feelings.
4: I don't. Okay. I don't know that they're. I don't know that they, you can repair.
2: Great. My I'm opinion. getting a second round pick for you. I'm signing Jameis Winston. <laughs> I mean, like you know. I don't do I, I'm, I, If it's really like that. If it's, if it's, it's like, really like that, and I hear you, Key. Well, like, Jame- there's a way what if Jameis? Re- okay.
4: <clears throat> so here we go again, huh. uh, Max. What if Jameis goes to Seattle?
2: I'll
3: find someone almost as good. See, as you can't just go get her, Jimmy you Garoppolo. I think you really have to be sensitive with his feelings. But, but Key, here's the one thing that. Kind of blew my mind when Chris Mortensen came out this report the other day. They want an adult in the wow. wow. When you hear that from an organization, like if you're a Baker, are you you want an adult? Like so, like that. Here's Chris Mortensen. Since
2: you brought it up on a 3 p.m. Sports Center special from yesterday, ESPN NFL Insider Chris Mortensen on the special, which followed this just in 2 p.m. Eastern ESPN. Handsome, Handsome host. Girl. Handsome host.
1: Absolutely. Here's Chris Mortensen. I believe they're breaking up, regardless of whether or not Deshaun Watson ends up in Cleveland. And the one thing I was told is that it's just not a match emotionally. Whereas Baker Mayfield's passion and emotional leadership was embraced at Oklahoma, and even in the beginning with the Browns, things have changed, and they want what they consider an adult at that position.
3: I mean, when you hear, that, that is is a punch to the kidneys, Max.
2: Well, what Key said, Key, when you said, I, I get it, the way they went about it. I bring this up from time to time on the air and in life. It was from one of those Gladwell books you buy at the airport. I forgot which one. But like uh, uh, malpractice lawsuits, I believe it was Gladwell, malpractice lawsuits for doctors are much more closely correlated with bedside manner than results. Think about that. So the way you go about doing things affects people, whether they feel feel respected or disrespected. And, And, Key, I think you're right. The way Cleveland went about it, must have made Baker feel disrespected. But, Key, based on what Mort just said and what Jay is talking about, maybe they did it that way because they were like, you know what? Enough with this guy.
4: No, they didn't do it that way because of that. They just dropped the ball. That's all. Look, man, I've been traded, right? When I was traded from the Jets, when I was traded from the Jets to Tampa Bay, they didn't abruptly trade me without talking to me. They sat down. Bill sat me down, talked to me, said, hey, Here's what we want to do. We don't want to set a precedent here by honoring, by, by ripping up your contract with two years left on it. So what I want to do is I want to get some value for you. I want to let you go try and win a championship and get your money. And if it doesn't work out, then, well, it's going to work because you're going to make it work is what he said. That's basically stop. and he said, well, you're going to make it work. I'm not even worried about that. But for some reason it doesn't work. It's just business. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's cool. I wouldn't have had a problem going back to the Jets if it didn't work out via the trade, and they didn't get was what it they were the supposed he to The way you went about it, in other it words, it was how he presented it to me, yeah. and he went about doing that. But when you don't do it that way, but no, he wasn't trading not. you
2: because he had enough of of a routine of yours, Key. He was trading you because he didn't want to pay you and set a precedent, but, right? But, but that, but yeah, but not wanting. I don't give a damn about no precedent. Yeah, you got to pay me for my services. Right, right, right. See, that's yeah, why yeah. he's dealing you. Yeah, yeah. But in Baker's case, what they're saying is that dude's better than you. But maybe also, when I hear Mort report that they want an adult, maybe also they did it that way it's in some way to turn him off intentionally. Uh,
3: yeah, I feel, it feels like when that gets leaked, it's, that's done. Or it, maybe
2: not intentionally, but at least they didn't care enough no, about him my, at that point, my, point if, to, if, to do it carefully. If,
3: if it gets leaked – that you have not been an adult. Yeah. That's me saying that you're immature and that you whine. And I, I don't want that on my team. Yeah, so and I, it, I don't, and I don't it, see how that case. can repair. And it makes you think, though, like, all right, well, who really needs to be the adult in this situation? Because I've watched this dude Baker battle through injuries and ride with you guys. Maybe you guys, and maybe these things aren't, you know, external with the public knowing all the details, but maybe you guys should act more like an adult with the way – you're handling this situation. It makes me think that way sometimes.
4: Yeah, and, and one thing that you could point to to tell you a lot is how the locker room responds to this and how they're treating Baker Mayfield. Yes, you get Duke Johnson. Uh, Baker Mayfield went at Duke Johnson a couple years ago when he was released or traded to the Houston Texans. He said what he had to say. OBJ leaves, said what he had to say. Landry wants out. It is what it is. But you don't hear Anybody today? Not yesterday. Not a month ago.
2: Coming to Baker Mayfield's defense? Yeah,
3: you ain't lying about that.
2: That that the the silence is deafening.
3: That's, man, that's
2: tough. Uh, this is a reminder. Fill out your brackets on the Tournament Challenge app. Gotta go do that. Today's the last day.
3: Jay, I filled out no, no, mine. Hey, it's got my moment. Max, I'm filling out mine right now. You know what I'm talking about? Do you know what I'm talking about, Max? Key. Give me my moment. When you your sign up. let's go.
1: Burst. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. <laughs>